Hey, I'm Andrew Morgan, host of the Netflix original movie podcast, The Nomcast. Martin Scorsese's latest masterpiece, The Irishman, is coming to Netflix on November 27th, but starting November 15th, Holiday Cinemas in Wallingford will have a limited run of The Irishman on the big screen, and I want to see you opening night. The Nomcast will be there alongside some of your favorite Connecticut podcasters taking your opinions on the movie. Tickets are moving fast, so get your opening night tickets now online at HolidayCinemas10.com. That's HolidayCinemas10.com for tickets right now. Follow at NomcastPod on social media and let us know you're coming to see The Irishman with us. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater... We suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. And away we go. That's, a, that's right. a new thing I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> when you always love that, let's I just love leave the questions. You are right into that. There are some, I'm not saying this is a good movie. Oh, what? I, that is Finnish Willem Dafoe. He, he looks, looks just like Willem Dafoe. He, I thought he looked very familiar. You're, Don't throw out a fact. You are correct. You're Butler, correct. you should do some facts sometimes. Do some facts sometimes, Butler. Don't take my <laughs> I'm pretty confident your brother doesn't listen to the Forgotten Single Podcast, but if he does, Boo! Hi, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with the audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, and decide whether the movie is worth a revisit, which... We always think it's worth a revisit. I don't know why I didn't change that. Bad, bad me. Bad me. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And season three begins. Nice. That's what I had planned. I <laughs> so uh, thank you for everyone that listened to Forgotten Horror. We're going to kick off a new season with a guest. We have a special guest in the um, quote unquote studio. <laughs> <laughs> I, am a, I am to my right. To your left in the audience, if you're watching. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we have Andrew Morgan from the Nomcast here joining us to, uh, I guess, talk about our, our movie tonight. Hey. Hi. Hi, Andrew. What's up, guys? Um, Thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. Do you want to like do a quick plug of everything or do you want to like wait until we gratuitously plug everything towards the end? I we can save it till the end. That's right, cool. There you go. So I, for those who don't know, I think I probably talked about this already. I know Andrew. How long have we known each other? Uh, yeah, since 20? two thousand, yeah, oh, 20 years. Well, yeah, we say the forest was 90. No, no that was 2003. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I, I knew since 2000 yeah. when I started working right with you. Yeah, exactly. So, Andrew yeah. used to work in the movie theater, as as you know, Mike. Oh, yes. Um, he also, uh, that's where we met. Yeah, now we did, uh, when the first incarnation of Up on the Roof, which was Up on the Roof Productions, myself, Andrew, uh, Keith. Kevin, rest in peace, and Adrian. Yeah, we kind of uh, did a bunch of shorts and commercials, and and then save the forest, and then save the forest, which is a movie that's uh, not out anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, know you've mentioned what Up on the Roof is to the audience, actually. I really no, you've never mentioned that. Okay, so Up on the Roof was it's right now it's an LLC that protects me for when I do anything like you know short film wise or, or any kind of productions or, or web series is always under that umbrella. But but back in the day, it was a production company that Andrew and myself and the three guys I mentioned we were gonna we were gonna make movies and be superstars, yeah. and do all that fun stuff. We did a bunch <laughs> of commercial short films uh, and Save the Forest, which is a movie we did. We shot in two thousand three, came out in two thousand five. Uh, was on Netflix for like maybe 
Yeah. Uh, a month. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but in disc form. Well, what's funny, it was on, it was on, it was Netflix in disc form and it was like attributed to another Michael Fields. Like, uh, my, yeah. My name yeah. no S on the end. But this guy was the one that directed like a bunch of episodes. Right, of right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I kept telling them, I kept sending them emails. <laughs> That's not his movie. I'm right. sure he doesn't want that to be his movie. <laughs> Finally, I have owned that movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I have it on, uh, Three quarter inch. Yeah, because you had it in uh, some distribution company at first, right? It was with Newmark Echelon and Newmark Echelon. Yeah, and they had it for seven years, and then it reverted back to me. Right, they're the ones that put it up on uh, Netflix. Right. So yeah, but that's not why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> that is also forgotten cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Way. Forgotten. Yeah. Um. So we, I, I had talked to Andrew. We had talked to Andrew about uh, being on this podcast, and we had given him a list of movies to choose from. Yep. And he chose Burn After Reading. That's right. Burn After Reading, the Coen Brothers movie. Um, you know, I like this movie. I like the Coen Brothers. I like this movie. Okay, as well. so I'm pretty sure I put it on the original list. As fans, you know, the ten of you may know, um, we like to break down some production facts. So let me go do that right now. Feel free to Andrew, you are more than welcome to cut me in, cut me here and, <laughs> All and right. cut me off. And if I'm wrong about anything, you know, Mike just Because I have pointed out you being wrong in the past. Exactly. <laughs> you can go after yourself. So uh, <laughs> So Burnout the Reading came out on Friday, September twelfth, two thousand eight. Uh, it's ninety seven minutes, rated R. Uh, production budget was $37 million. So, you know, not bad. Yeah. Opening weekend did 19 mil, domestic 60, worldwide 163. So, I mean, 100 million. Yeah. And four, that's a success. At which I don't, I honestly don't, I'm assuming it's because Brad Pitt and George Clooney are. Oh, yeah. I would think that's, that's because what I would think. they're the name actors because it's not an action movie. And no, no. Usually, yeah. So, I guess, yeah. So, anyways, that week, actually, you know what? Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go to the, Main players because I already mentioned Clooney. Um, so George Clooney uh, plays Harry Farr, Francis McDormand as Linda Litsky, Brad Pitt, who I mentioned as Chad. Did you know his name is Feldheimer? Yes. Chad Feldheimer. <laughs> Did they ever say that in, the, in <laughs> Andrew's dancing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Malkovich is Osborne Cox, Tilda Swan as Katie Cox, his wife or ex wife in the movie, Richard Jenkins as just Ted, Elizabeth Marvel as Sandy Farr. You might know her from Andrew from the Nomcast. Oh, I, I wasn't. The Meyerowitz stories? Yes. Well, also go. House of Cards. There you go. Yes. There you go. Well, I was trying to give you. Yeah, yeah. sure. Oh, yes. Like of course. Yes. Plugs at the end. Hey, man. You just screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was tuning you out. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, David Rush or yeah. David Raish as Palmer, which do you remember the Sledgehammer TV show? No. Oh, did anyone? I'm old. All right. Never mind. That was funny. <laughs> Shut up. And. Only, the only did it have the Peter Gabriel song? If I not, I'm out. No, it did not. He was oh, like okay. a really bad cop. It was almost like Naked Gun-like. Oh, okay. Like a huge gun. I'm wondering wondering what the, what that show is about now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then J.K. Simmons is in there as, I guess, the CIA boss. Uh, written and directed by the Coen brothers. I Joel think you missed one Cohen. big star. Who did I miss? Dermot Mulroney. Yes. Very briefly, he's in the, he's in the movie. And he's going to be on that Wake Up Seattle show. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Would you get down from there? <laughs> Uh, written directed by the Coen brothers, like I said, Joel and Ethan Cohen. Now, I mean, I, I would hope that a lot of people know what the Coen brothers have done. I mean, I could just sit here and go the Hudsucker Proxy, Miller's Crossing, Fargo, the movie Fargo. Um, but I'm going to, I no actually. No Country for Old Men. No Country for Big Old Lebowski. Men. Big Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, Raising Arizona. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Sure. The credits that I wrote down are the ones that they just wrote. So did you know they wrote Unbroken? And they wrote Bridge of Spies. I did know Bridge of Spies, yeah. And I guess his new one, they're doing Macbeth with Denzel Washington. Oh, interesting. Ooh, they're, they're directing that. I, I, just Joel Cohen's directing that. Oh, just Joel? Oh, okay. Yeah. Just Joel? Not that, Ethan? That's what it said on that. I'm out. Listen, 
That's what it said on the credit list. Right? Are they breaking up? <laughs> oh, God, no. They're a married couple, right? <laughs> I think so, right? Uh, music by Carter Burwell, which he's really good. He does all their movies. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. You know what's funny is uh, this was the first one he did. No, I'm, I take it back. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the cinematographer. Yes. Like, yes they yeah. Movies. They use Deacons yes. mostly. They could and, use him for this. Right. It was the first one he induced since 1990, right. I believe. Right. Right. Yeah. Because he had done like, because the guy, they Emmanuel Lubeski. Yeah. He did Birdman. Uh, yes. Yep, Birdman. Birdman uh, Revenant. Children of Men. Yes. Right, you said Children, Children of Men. Men. Yeah. He does a lot of Quaron. He did yeah. Gravity as well, right? Yes. Gravity. Yeah. And he won the award for that, I believe. He won like multiple years in a row, I believe. Up, but as you know, because you've proven it wrong all the time, I'm not going to look it up. So you can... <laughs> <laughs> he did. Oh, okay, fine. And I'm Jeez. right. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so also just kind of give you an idea of where this movie came out and when and what was around it. It's a September release. So that's clearly because we're recording this in September. That's the dump month, uh, I think, because I'm going to give you the list of movies that it opened up. Against. Does that mean me as a guest? Is it yeah. your dump month? You're the dump month. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> Andrew Morgan. No, this month. is coming out prime time. This is November. Oh, yeah, it's November. Yeah. You were, uh, it's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Shit, I, I won't even remember what we talked about <laughs> in November. Uh, so it came out at the same time as Righteous Kill. Oh, yeah. Nero. That, nice. that filmed on my street. Oh, that's right. It filmed in Milford, street. right? Yeah. That's not necessarily yeah. fun, but it's not yeah. a fun fact. It's a shitty bar. They fixed it up and it was uh, remaining. Should have been bar. happy to yeah. try to go see uh, uh, De Niro there. Uh, it was actually my first day of college, so I was not able to. I was actually kind of oh, pissed. Missed out. Well, maybe yeah. somebody blocked my street though, so my parents couldn't go out or go to work. Oh, nice! Listen, that's Bobby Dinero. That's what you do. That's Hollywood, baby. Yeah, Deal with right. it. <laughs> uh, Tyler Perry's "The Family That Prays." I did not see that movie. Uh, no, "Praise with an E," by the way. And <laughs> the women, which I did see. That's the Meg Ryan movie where it's, oh yes, yes. No, there's no men in the movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, that's I'm not complaining about no. that. Just, you know, that was, that was the movie. <laughs> just stating the facts that was the, that yeah. was the thing with the movie um and then the following week you had ghost town which i love that's with that's david kep's movie with Richie, ricky gervais yes that's a starred movie on it is list. that's yeah. what we should be doing but you know while we're doing these uh, <laughs> uh the highly anticipated uh animated movie igor yes of course Lakeview Terrace. Do you remember that one? That's Samuel Jackson. Yes. Yeah. He's the cop that lives next door to them. Yeah. He's like terrorizing them. He's like, yeah. like he's cop. racist. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Yep. I don't remember the family though. I don't remember who he's, who's the family that he hates or is he's it, fighting with the neighbors. I don't remember who Patrick they are. Patrick Wilson, the husband. Was he in that? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't yeah. have it up on this. Yeah. And my best friend's girl, which, you know, not much. Yeah. I forget who's yeah. in that one. And then you had the week after that, you had Eagle Eye, Miracle St. Anna, Nights at Rodanthin, or Rodanthi, and then Fireproof. There's nothing, right. nothing came out. And the week before no. this movie, on the fifth, you had Bangkok Dangerous starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yes. So, so basically, Burn After Reading had- With uh, that awful haircut that he had. He had like that kind of half mullet thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. But like balding mullet. It's good. He, he had that. Yeah. I think he had the look that uh, Chris Klein tried to uh, tried to copy <laughs> oh, in um, the, uh, the remake of Street Fighter. Oh, you remember that? no, I don't. You didn't see that one? No. Did you see that one? The, no, I did not watch the, the remake of Street Fighter. They redid it. But I did not. Watch yeah. It. Like where Chun-Li was like heavily like focused on Chun-Li. It was in the, that. Secret, oh, no. the secret of the story. Yeah, he, you, need to, you need to watch that one because oh, Chris wow. Klein is extra bad in that. Like huh. real like Nick Cage bad. Oh, geez. I mean that with respect, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so in its first weekend, it opened number one. And second week, it lost to Lakeview Terrace. I guess people like Lakeview Terrace. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have. So nice. carry on. Gentlemen, the floor is yours. I'm tired of talking. Well, 
considering that I've called you out for not labeling the awards before, this is an award-winning movie. Well, I looked it up. What, what, what did it was? Or excuse me, not awards, excuse me. Yeah, that's uh, right nominations okay. i should say it was nominated for two golden globes uh one oh, wait, for francis mcdormand cares for, about the golden globes yeah they do they do <laughs> it's an international body sir <laughs> is this an international podcast um we do have people from it? brazil listening i know that we okay. have to update our privacy policy well then <laughs> hola <laughs> hey you lost, said it right good yeah, job you just yeah. lost that brazilian yeah, nice yeah, job yeah. andrew <laughs> thanks but yes uh francis mcdormand was up for best actress in a comedy musical and the film itself was up for best picture comedy musical nice yeah nice Useless, just, useless facts. Just, <laughs> i said i bring the facts <laughs> just trying to help man all right so I know usually my usually we just start off by going, hey, Mike, did you like it? But you recommended this movie, Andrew. Well, you gave me a list, but yes. I did give you a list. <laughs> yes. but you, didn't, you chose not to do House Party. You wanted to do this. Listen, if you're doing part two, we could have had a nice pajama jammy jam. There's nothing we saying that rolled. we can't do part two, maybe down the road. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm just saying that you picked Burn After Reading. So, yes. So... Because I'm, I of course bring all my Nomcast listeners to this podcast, so course. they know for certain. Stay, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that the uh, we did an episode together for the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes. Did a lot of Coen Brothers talk there, so I figured keep the party rolling, okay. bring uh, Burn After Reading up to snuff because I think it's a it's a movie definitely worth talking about. All right, so you watched it back in 2008, correct? Have you had you watched it since? Yes. Okay, so yeah. you you, you kind of keep up on it. Yeah. All right. Because I'm curious, like, how did it age for you? Oh, uh, Mike, uh, jump in on that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, that's fine. I'm just talking to the guest. Here. I yeah. We were going to do the plot next, we, but that's fine. Oh, we're doing the plot. I always do that. I always I jump know. forward. Okay well, that's good. With not doing the plot. Well, because, uh, <laughs> hey, bring the plot and Go then we can, yeah. We're going to interrupt you. <laughs> you usually do. Listen, don't, yeah. r- don't ramble like you like to do. I, listen, I edit. We'll be in the green room. Go ahead and do <laughs> Essentially, uh, Osborne Cox, played by John Malkovich. Uh, Osborne uh, is a CIA analyst for the ba- uh, the Balkans. He uh, is, is fired because apparently he has a drinking problem, and or he is oh, he is reassigned because he has a, he drinking, does have problem. a drinking problem, and then he yeah. kind of quits. Decides he's going to write a memoir. His memoir is put on his computer, but his wife, who is cheating on him uh, with George Clooney's character Harry, Harry. Ferrer, uh, decides to get some leverage on him for her impending divorce. That CD is lost by one of the secretaries for the divorce lawyer who finds it in Brad Pitt's character who works for the gym, finds it in the gym, finds out that there's all this secret CIA shit on there. <laughs> you watch your secret CIA um, shit? And tells it's his secure. friend who also works at the gym, <laughs> Linda Litsky, who's played by Francis McDormand, who wants a whole bunch of surgeries. Together, they decide to blackmail Cosmetic Cox, surgeries. Cosmetic surgeries. Yeah. Surgeries not paid for by her insurance that, company. Yeah, right. Totaling about $50,000. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> So they decide to blackmail Osborne Cox with this information. Well, no, they're going to give it to him. They're going to give it to him. They want a reward. Good, right. When it I am out, simply a good Samaritan. So. <laughs> uh, he's not going to give them the good Samaritan award. They decide <laughs> mm-hmm. to blackmail him. Mm-hmm. He does not give in. They go to the Russian embassy who decides the information on it is basically a joke. Mm-hmm. It's useless information. And just through a whole series of mishaps and everyone having sex with everybody in the cast. Yeah, there's nobody, there's nobody really Uh, good in this movie. (laughs) Everything gets really thrown way out of proportion. Half the cast dies. And, uh, you find out if Linda actually ended up getting her surgeries or not. She did. 
Uh, spoiler alert, she did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, that's essentially the plot. It's, the, the plot is, yeah. it, it, I don't want to say, I'm not going to say it's muddied because that, I'm not in a bad way. This, yeah, exactly. The plot is like, I this one of the notes I have here is like this movie feels like a lot of vignettes that they kind of wove together, kind of like with the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Right. Like, like it's almost like that's where they were. Like they have like different stories and they just kind of like try to like make them all fit, which is fine. I was fine. Well, and for good reason, because the story behind how they made this movie is a not only were they writing it simultaneously as they were writing No Country for Old Men or doing the adaptation, I should say. But also they kind of went with who they wanted to work with first and was like, wouldn't it be cool if we kind of did this to Brad Pitt? Wouldn't it be kind of funny if we did this to George Clooney? So they wrote a lot of kind of characters and then made a story around it. And they really wanted to kind of, you know, just it's almost a spoof. It's it's a it's a it's a farce basically. Well, they call, they call <laughs> it they call it their trilogy of idiots with yes with Clooney yeah for sure for a brother where art thou and intolerable cruelty so they always joke with Clooney this is he's completed his trilogy of idiots yes that's what they now do. they might yeah. write something serious for him something <laughs> <laughs> I hope no because I think they yeah. did Hail Caesar <laughs> oh it's true that's true it's very true <laughs> yeah so um but yeah to that point um they alternated days between the scripts so they wrote No Country for Old Men one day then they wrote this script yeah and they had. They, every character. That's was, how you write an Oscar winner. Right? <laughs> listen, if they can do it, I should do it. Yeah, uh, that's not true. No. Um, but they every every actor they wrote the, the script for the character for, except Tilda Swin. She just you know they didn't have that right. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I have a Simpsons. I have a Simpsons. Uh, Factoid. I'm yeah. listening. Uh, Swin modeled her hair like Edna Krabappel. I was saying that while I was watching it. Well, I've actually I heard it both ways. If you look at the the IMDb really? version ways. of the facts, they say that she modeled it after. But there's other like interviews with her where she had said like that when they did it, she said that it looked like Krabappel. Krabappel. Eh, yeah. Either way. But either way, it's yeah. all since inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Like her hair looks familiar. Her hair looks familiar, and it was maybe it was because she was working with a child. But when she was in the pediatrician's office, I was like. Edna yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Tilda Swinton's wig is. Oh no, you mean Francis McDormand? Or excuse me, Francis McDormand. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be Linda Tripp. Linda Tripp. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After she got her makeover for when she was going in front of the press. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I saw that too. Yeah. So before I interrupt, before I cut you off at the plot, I was talking to Andrew about. <laughs> I wanted to ask you if you. Do you did you this movie? Did you like more as you kept watching it? Like, did it increase in value? Because we had that conversation about the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, right? And I'm cast, right? The first episode, mind you. Um, it's true. Where we talk about how the Coen Brothers. It's like like wine, like fine wine. Like, yeah, you know, like did it age well for you? Did it not? It's weird. So when I watched it in theaters, I laughed so hard at how this movie ends because it's essentially like oh, the, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. well, basically yeah. just saying like it, they basically summarize the movie go what did we learn and then we learn absolutely nothing (laughs) and then end the movie i thought that was the funniest thing when i saw this movie and i absolutely loved it in my mind for that and then on rewatch when i first started rewatch i was like oh uh, yeah it still holds up but it loses some appeal because it doesn't have that effect with the ending anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause it kind of, you already know what's coming mm-hmm. and then, but 
weirdly enough, it came back around for me in subsequent rewatches where some of the lines and some of the performances yeah. and some of the nuances that you can get from the script and from the dialogue and some of the things that they do all there. My, all my notes that, are just quotes from. The yes. Movie. Well, I, mine too. <laughs> I have, I have two pages and it, like half, like basically one full page is all quotes. Yeah. But, it's amazing. And we already started quoting it while we were, you know, sorry, Mike, for when you're reading the no, plot and we're saying Don't it. apologize to him. Osborne Just cut him off. Yeah, that's all he does. Cut me off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Osborne like I was. I laughed at the line. He's like, I'm not here representing our bodies. Yeah. <laughs> I know you. You're the guy from the gym. I'm not here representing our bodies. Oh, yes. I know very well what you represent. You represent the idiocy of today. I don't represent that either. Yeah. You're the guy at the gym when I ask about that moronic woman. She's not a moron. You're in league with that moronic woman. You're part of a league of morons. I could, yeah. I just, uh, he's just like uh, back of the car. Uh, no, I'm at the back of the car, not a rear entry. <laughs> not a rear entry situation. Yeah. <laughs> this is a crucifixion. <laughs> he's, he's Malkovich funny. is amazing. Yeah, I know. And Fuck you. You're a moron. <laughs> Next to you, we're all. Oh, <laughs> yes. I know. I just love he he's comes, got a lot of the best lines man, in this When he movie. comes into the room and he's just yeah. like, who's this? <laughs> this is Olsen. What, what? And he yeah. just keeps Why is Olsen here? <laughs> yeah. Just uh, no discussion. Just you're out. Well, we're having the discussion now. Look, um, Oz, this doesn't have to be unpleasant. Uh, Homer, with all due respect, what the fuck are you talking about? And why is Olsen here? Uh, Ozzy, I mean, look. What the fuck is this? I know it's not my work. Ozzy. I'm a great okay. fucking amateur. Ozzy. Even, even when, <laughs> when um, Chad goes, comes to Linda's uh, apartment, when she tells him that he's got the list, yeah. she's like, oh, I need, to, I need to hydrate. And she's like, oh, all I have is tap water. Are you kidding? <laughs> Do you know how long it takes to get here? <laughs> and he just bikes everywhere. It's a kryptonite lock. You can unlock that shit with a big pen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... I think it's it, that was a, one of the things that for me was that it's extremely quotable now. Like there's a bunch yes. of stuff in that's quotable. Yes. I'm curious that let me let me let me throw this out there to the table. Um, we always we, we were just having the discussion about like we don't really talk about how movies are forgotten so much anymore. But now yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up. All right. I, I do you think I think that part of the reason why this does not get mentioned in terms of a lot of the Coen Brothers movies is that it's not because they've had so many like really successful films. Yeah. Like I think Fargo is a great movie. Right. So I think that. And No Country was only the year before. Right. Right. Um, I think this movie is something that's like, it's almost like they were just having fun. And yeah. People didn't take it seriously. That's exactly what it was. Right. And yeah. It's just like, I think that hurts the movie's repeat viewing or people returning back to it. Right. I would say that while I was watching it, I noticed it didn't really have a specific style like the rest of them had. Mm hmm. Or like, oh, brother, where art thou? A big Lebowski, maybe a little bit, um, but No Country for Old Men always had like a specific style. Oh, that's that's definitely a western, or that's yep. definitely supposed to be Hail Caesar. That's a nineteen sixties, fifties, you know, Hollywood movie. Like this Hail is just kind of like it's 
it's modern day. It's yeah. a little. It's got a little bit of that spy movie. Well, they wanted that to be like the '70s spy thrillers, right? But, but then, mostly you know, obviously, just life. A ridiculous version. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't really have that look to it that the rest of the Coen Brothers movies right. are really filmic, really Hollywood look. Well, again, you like take away Deegan's not to it. take anything away from no, no. an award-winning cinematographer that they replaced him with. To, but but Deegan's. Well, no, I'm just saying <laughs> Deegan's had a specific style and look that you, you grew accustomed with. Uh, accustomed, yeah, accustomed to Michael with the Cohen brothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this movie's set in present time, present day, so it's not really like there's not. It's not like you know what I mean. It's not something. Well, so that is be no timeless. country. Well, yeah, but no country is like maybe because maybe because we don't live out west. Like no country well, has that 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 you know that atmosphere. Well, no country's kind of got location. the orange. It's got right, the it's right, got the colorization. Right. This is just. I mean, they use the gray this that is, you see in a lot of like born films or right. games and stuff like that, but. It doesn't really have that kind of like, oh, yeah, look at that. Like he's talking about like Deacon's with Deacon's like Skyfall. It's like, boom, right. look at that. I wouldn't necessarily say like in this movie, it's it's not, it's not really colorful. It's more like slate gray, dark contrast. Yeah, it's a DC stuff. political thriller shot type York, shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no like iconic imagery, though. That, no, like, I guess. That's well, right. Of, well, or at the Russian embassy. Like that I, bill. I like the Russian embassy. Okay. Yeah. It's not really when you think about burn after reading. I understand what, what you're picture. saying. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think you. that lends to its forgotten. This. Yeah, I agree. I think it's not be, like, yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's also, as far as the Coens go, even, this is just as almost a straight comedy as they do. Like, it's not, it's, it's more goofball at times. It's got, you know, like, it's closer to, say, Oh Brother than it is, or actually, it's probably closer to Intolerable Cruelty, which also got yeah. forgotten quite yeah, quite a bit, too. We, that's the one we should put on the list. Because, again, it's, it's mostly comedic performances weird yeah. uh, you know characters that come through it's not no country it's not fargo it's not and even raising arizona is a long time ago in a different time period now that this is just a straightforward goof well this to the point of of how i was talking about how there's multiple stories there's no strong one story thread like in right. raising arizona is they kidnap the baby and they want to try to raise Correct. the family and they can't yeah. do it in um no country for old men it's like the, the case you know yeah. stealing the money and stuff like that this is just kind of like all these little happenstances are right. happening to all these bad people. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. and it's kind of like, there's no redeemable people. Even Ted, who you think is right. a nice guy. And he is right. His only is, is probably his only uh, downfall is that he is in love with Linda yes. and he breaks into the house and, and you know, and he gets right. for it. But like, nobody is safe. Nobody yeah. is saved in this movie and nobody is a good person in this movie. So no. like, but it's just, I think it's all a bunch of, like they say, idiots, a bunch of people that, and they're all having their little stories, but there's no one thread. I also want to know game. why he left the priesthood. Yeah, because maybe he's story. not as good as we think. <laughs> well, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. If, if you have an entire congregation, yeah. then fully just leave. Mm. I just love the fact that he's like a congregation in Chevy Chase. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I also didn't remember that the. Uh, I had only seen it the once in the theaters. This time when I was watching, I was like, when did they get to Linda? When did they find the CD? It, it right. took a long time. To it get does. To it feels like it takes a long time. Yeah. It's, it it's, took about half right. the film. One of my notes is that it's not you 15 to 20 minutes into the movie. You don't meet you don't meet your perceived lead. Like she's almost like she's not. The, she's not the lead, though. Like, but but, but you don't meet like. Yeah. Right. What's what I like about one of the things I wrote down here is that the first scene of the movie kicks off the entire movie itself kicks off the action that's right worth everything or a cocks being fired that's right first thing that happens boom that's the that's the the match that's lit the fuse is gone and here we go right you know what i mean um and they bookend it that way right right yeah. exactly and i so i i like that i like the fact i like 
the big coming down from the sky and the big music, like, cause I had a note here that they wanted music that was like, um, that felt like it. Let me say music was meant to be something important, meaning, but right. absolutely meaningless. Yes, like, exactly. You know I mean? so yeah. I like that. Right. So I love the fact that it starts off boom like that. And then like you talk about like, cause, cause you could make, a, you could make a case that Harry's the lead. I was going to say, can, is if they bookend it with Cox, then is Cox the lead? No, I mean that's the thing. There are. I, that's why I think that in if they if they made these like three, two or three different stories, they would they're the lead in their own little story. But because they're they seem like they're these like interwoven vignettes that are just kind of like it's just happenstance stuff that's happening to people. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it feels like. I definitely feel you had that right the first time when you were saying it's closer yeah. like a Buster Scruggs. I mean that had almost specific hard outs, hard chapters in this, but this one is just the version where you kind of, you know, blend them together almost like a, like a Pulp Fiction type. You can't say who's the lead in Pulp Fiction, but because you have so many stories, some of them blend together, some of them don't, but then ultimately the movie is nobody's movie. Mm -hmm. You can maybe say Butch, but again, you don't see Butch until later in that movie too, I believe. So he's, yeah. And, 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 not that we're, eh, we're, we're tangenting. All right. So yeah. <laughs> uh, with Pulp Fiction, yeah Butch, yeah. Butch is the one character that's the good guy. Right. You know what I mean? And sure. He's because, be, you know, he's doesn't want to take a dive and he's going right. to get out of there. And then he saves the day. He's right. The hero's journey and he gets out. So it's like he's probably the one redeemable character in that movie. Right. Well, this unpopular opinion. Oh, no. Hey, oh, wait, no. is this about Pulp Fiction? <laughs> no. Okay. This is about No Country for Old Men, which I know you oh, know. I know. He doesn't like. I don't like No Country for Wow. Men. Okay. Because of maybe the same thing. Andrew's getting up be- now. He's beating my- <laughs> It's fine. I'm, I might be one of the only people that don't like it, but. This is a crucifix. It's got, <laughs> it's got yeah. the same kind of vignette feel. And the reason I don't like No Country for Old Men, I think it, like, bits and pieces of it are fantastic. Mm. Javier Bardem's performance, Josh right. Brolin. I think they're all great in it. Right. But I don't like that the protagonist who you keep telling me is supposed to be Tommy Lee Jones, but it's clearly Josh Brolin is because you're following his character throughout his arc. And then all of a sudden you cut his arc short. You don't finish it. You don't finish your two maybe main protagonists. They all cut short. Francis McDormand's character and Osborne Cox, um, Linda and uh, Osborne Osborne Cox. They're just kind of like talked about. Oh yeah. She got a surgery. Oh yeah. He was shot, but you don't see any of their completion of their storyline. Right. Okay. All right. So, well, I'm going to the table burn after reading to the side. Of <laughs> the movie's called No Country for Old Men. Okay. I get that. No, you yeah. call the movie, the, title. the last call the title scene of the white Vader, but it doesn't The mean last scene of the movie talks Wars. about it reflects how Tommy Lee Jones is sitting there basically saying this is no Correct. country for old men. That's the freaking story. Yeah. So if I call Indiana Jones Last Crusade, uh, Sola's expert, like uh, Sola. Well, Sola. Sola the main character. Do you not know his name? <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> go ahead. Do your, go ahead. Do your point. I, I, this wasn't about how No Country for Old Men kind of. I'm fine with it. But it's that they used the vignette. It's kind of like a through line with them is that they use the vignettes and then they don't maybe necessarily complete your character's journey. Okay. But I think maybe that sits in your head a little bit more because you don't do that. They leave questions. Exactly. Okay. Now you fucking love David Lynch because he leaves questions all the time. So how do you fucking, how do you take the Coen brothers and say, take them to task for that when you always love that Lynch I just leaves questions? I don't, well, hate into that. <laughs> I don't like that they take No Country for Old Men and they follow Josh Brolin is clearly the main character. He's got the arc. He's got, he's the one you follow through probably 90% of the film and right. then you cut his, his story short. I'm okay with Tommy Lee Jones being the main character if as long as you complete Josh Brolin's story. I'm only giving you a heart. But no country. But like that's. No country is essentially a modern Western though. And Westerns kind of follow that 
a little bit too, where not everyone is just clearly white hat, black hat. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a slice of life in the old West that kind of leads you from one thing to another and showing kind of what it was like in a time and what it kind of means to certain characters. And, and Go that makes, no, no, yeah. that, that makes sense why yeah. they remake True Grit, too. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen No Country for Old Men since you first saw it? I have not. I okay. I, I want to go back to Wish it. You should watch it. it. Yeah. It, that, the end just really you know bothered what? me. Maybe that it. should be a, a Forgotten Cinema Fight Night spinoff. Thing. That would be interesting. Yeah. Although so I have, watched we it. We have some spinoffs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we yeah. basically have this idea for like, like because there's movies that he hates. Right. Like Blank Man? He likes Blank Man. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean... I mean, that's podcast canceling. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, so basically, yeah. we want to do like a spinoff where we do Forgotten Simba Fight, uh, Fight Club. Right. And we just that's cool. argue. That's a good idea. So basically, yeah. I just did in the last five minutes. But What lies beneath? Well, if you need a referee, I'm all for it. There you go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> can you wear the stripes? <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good video podcast. I'd do it. First down. <laughs> holding. So that's a football reference, Butler. Okay. Right. I, I fucking understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to burn after. Yes. <laughs> where, where were we? Yeah. Well, well, we were talking. We haven't talked about Harry a lot because I want to talk about because we have not talked about the machine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which was based on I truth. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, so apparently, the key grip on one was it not for this film though, right? For a different film that I they had, somebody, they somebody who they use yes, over the yeah, years, and <laughs> he made this machine uh, by himself and did it for the same reasons. Yeah. They basically just took he saw it in a museum, right? Oh, really? No, I, I didn't hear that part. Think, well, well, he made it for the same reason. He yes. saw it in a museum or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, but I, what I, what I like about the sex machine <laughs> is, <laughs> is that the, like, you don't, like, you, you don't know he's building it until he has the conversation. Yeah. Conversation with Katie. Right. Where she's talking about getting the divorce and he's just, yeah. and she's like, but I haven't given you your gift, baby. Yeah. And that, but that, but then the implication is that he's building something to kill his wife. Right. That, yeah. Because next thing you know, he's going, he's at Home Depot, he's buying. Right. Thing and it's yeah. Kind of like, so. Which I love the outfits that he wears in this as well. Oh, like they, yeah. I love their attempts at dressing down Clooney and Pitt. Yeah. Like for Pitt, they, they, they famously were like, he looks good even in terrible suits. We couldn't just put him in terrible suits. They had to put him in like oversized terrible suits or ones that were like completely uneven or th things to purposely try to do it. And then I guess the story with Pitt's hair was that he had done a commercial that made like his hair That's was like they, that for something like that. And they saw the commercial and they were like, yeah, we want him to do that. Yeah. And then we'll put a character around well, I, that. I saw the note where they were, he was saying, he's talking about, he was, Pitt was like, um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have trouble playing this guy because yeah. I yeah. was like, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Um, I'm a good Samaritan. I'm sorry I'm calling at such an hour, but I thought you might be worried. Worried? About the security of your shit. Cause like I, cause I was like, I had a real easy time believing like, like that chat, that's him in real life. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I know he's not, but I just was like, yeah, I could see that. That's what? the rush. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but I, not that I was cutting you off, but one of the things I like about Harry, cause we're with yes. this in terms of the sex swing is that it, there's like such, I love the character creation of Harry where, where there's, there's the, the reality of Harry and the right. perceived reality of Harry. Right. Just kind of like, his paranoia and what he thinks he is or what we, we are being shown the type right. of person he is. 
and you know what is and what's really Harry like he's yes. the treasury he's a treasury agent but he's telling yeah which is funny you never see him work or work exactly. in his inner workings of anything them, he tells them he's a marshal right you know what I mean like yeah stuff like that yeah and then he never discharged my weapon <laughs> 20 years <laughs> so I just I, I love the fact that it's like because that's like again to the vignette thing is like just about Harry would be right. an awesome short just because he's yeah. just so like, and I love when he goes, what is this? What, what, what is this? Pine? What's your floors made out of? <laughs> <laughs> All those little things made me laugh in this movie. Ah, oh, he's so good. That's the thing. I think it's just, it's a character. Style. Like it, it's, it's almost like as if they did exactly what you said, where it's a, it's a bunch of different vignettes. It's a bunch of different characters. They just kind of let their freak flag fly. I right. mean, if I had to pick one person to, to watch the whole time, it's probably Malkovich. Cause he's on, he's on 12 when everybody's still on 10, no, he, but he's on he's another good. planet. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, just even the simple one when he's on the boat, and he's like, tell Dr. Cox I have the new keys. And he grabs a hatchet. <laughs> it's like, it's perfect. It's so good. But uh, from what I understand from um, interviews I listened to for Burn After Reading with some of the car- uh, some of the actors and such, they said that the Coens, a lot of those they wrote already right. for the mic. Every yeah. single thing, like the the hatchet thing that was written. The, it, they even said, uh, somebody had asked uh, Malkovich, when he was like measuring uh, his drinks and everything else, and some of those shot back in the bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was literally in that, that, the script. That was in that. the notes. All that's yeah. there. So they're so precise. That's why I love them. That's why. Yeah. They they that that's how they write everything. Yeah. They you don't. It's not like they're like you know you can't improv. It's like you don't have to. They have right. done the script. So, yes. So perfectly. That yeah. It all fits. There's no room. Yeah. For any kind of. You, you don't need to add anything because it's perfect the way it is. Right. And Clooney even said in an interview for this one as well, where he said, yeah, I, I've worked with the Coens long enough now where they're like, if you go, Hey, can I try something here and try it this way? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, th- and then he's like, yeah, they let you do it a couple of times. And then they just go, so can we go back and do the thing? And he's like, just, just know that they give you the chance, but it's never going to happen. That's like when we did save the forest. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And we had, we had, we had some actors that we had a couple actors that were good. Like I would let the camera roll and they were fun. Right. Funny. And we'd use some of it. Sometimes we wouldn't use it, but it was funny. We would laugh. At yeah. It. And then we had some actors that, that wasn't their strong suit. So right. Some actors would be like, hey, can I try this? would be like, yeah, go ahead. And then I'd look yeah. somebody be like, <laughs> <laughs> like All right, no, it's good, it's good, it's good. Yeah, yeah. But but that's, you know, that's. But you have to let right. people try, especially especially on something like what we were doing where oh, it's yeah, indie. No, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're you're asking people to barely get paid or to, yeah. you know, asking have people. long ask days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to do the short <laughs> pay? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like to, to the point of your writing, I'd like, like, I don't, I don't believe, I don't doubt for a second that like in Fargo, like all the us right. and all that stuff that William H. Macy is doing in that movie are written in the script. Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what makes it awesome. Yeah. That's why I, I, I there's many reasons why I like the Coen brothers and that's, that's one of them. Have you ever read a Coen Brothers script? Uh, I'd be interested. Not, I haven't read not one. from be not beginning to end. I, I'm not. A, you know, it's funny. It's like I, I, I'm a writer, and I'm you know, you're supposed to write everything. Right. But I don't. I don't dig on reading scripts too much. I, I, I did when I was in high school and college because yeah. I wanted to get a sense of it before I did it for myself. And yeah. I have like a small collection of ones because Barnes and Noble used to have them like mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, you, can get get them. Them. you can get them all online now. Yeah, for them. sure. Yeah. 
yeah, thanks. Wasted money now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just never, I never really got into reading scripts. I mean, I would read them. Uh, I would read them primarily just to see what other people were doing in terms of like their action beats and right and how they were writing. And then and, you like, learn that everyone does it different, so it doesn't yeah, really matter. Exactly. Pretty much. Exactly. Like I remember, like, oh, you can't have descriptions on your first page, and then I like open up to one of the scripts that was right. an Oscar winning. I'm like, it's like full. Yeah, page yeah. Of, like, it's a, that for two pages, and, I'm like, and you're what the like, fuck? yeah, like. I was reading, I read um, when James Cameron's Spider-Man script, he released it because they did, uh, they went with Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi's one. He's like, oh, well, fuck you guys. Here's my script that I was going to sell. And he put it out there and like he's writing it and it's just like, like he put so much like opinion and and, and whatever he wants in a description. And then you read James Mangle's Logan script and they go, well, don't put any of your own voice in it. Don't go like, oh, that's fucking cool or whatever. And that's yeah. what all James Mangle does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he takes it out and it's fucking awesome. Right. There's claws everywhere. And it's like, People well, are reading that. That's not what you're yeah. supposed to do, but that's well, what he does. Well, that's like when we talked about uh, Sorcerer, William Goldman's book, where he's like, nobody knows anything. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what fair. it is. Nobody that's knows exactly anything. Yeah. They, they're making Create it up as they go. that somebody's going to want to read, and that's all you need. But, yeah. But I'd be interested to see like, how the Coens put stuff like so detailed and make the script interesting for an actor to read. Right. I would enjoy that, too. There's so much description in it. I'd yeah. be interested. You have to, to also remember, they have, they have now they have such a pedigree that no one's going to question them. No, absolutely not. just be wondering how it reads. Yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, I think everyone except for Pitt, maybe they used before. Is that uh, true? Well, maybe, or maybe Swinton they too. Used but Pitt since now, right? No, they haven't. He was supposed to be in Hail Caesar. Oh yeah, that would make I sense. I wonder if he's going to be the Channing Tatum part. He could. Yeah, I could I love see that. that. Yeah. James. <laughs> That's a movie that got forgotten a lot too. Yeah, and I like that. I like that. A lot of parts of that movie that I really like. And again, that also feels like. Yeah. You know, just kind of like a couple of vignettes. And, right. But yeah, no, I think they use Tilda Swinton a lot now. Yeah. Clooney a lot. Um, Jenkins. Did they use Jenkins? Yeah. I, he When he was in the interview, he said he had worked with them before, but I couldn't remember which one he was specific. Uh, oh, yeah. was he an Intolerable Cruelty? Yes. Yeah. He played the... Um, oh, he played one of the... Is he in the law firm? Mm, I don't remember. I want to say that's possible, yeah. but no, they, they use repeat people. They, yeah. They use Buscemi constantly. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they, they've used JK before too, right? Or at least since maybe the thing about, I think why it also gets forgotten is too, is that the Coens have such a huge known filmography. And I think a lot of people take them in their minds in sections, unless it's like a huge award-winning thing. And in this period, it's kind of, a hodgepodge of things that they did. You're talking about, Na- you're talking about 2008 in, on? In like 2000. 2000. So you figure they're coming off No Country and then they pivot after this and go to a serious man. So have you, okay. It's have a heck a of a dip in between. Butler? No, I mean, the, it didn't look, it wasn't like my kind of movie. Right. From the trailers and no one came to me. And went, oh, because you're an anti-Semite. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, son of a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Season three, the anti-Semite ears. Oh, I, I, I didn't sign on to that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, no one came. Like, maybe that's forgotten because no one came to me. And was like, yeah. which every other Coen brother movie was like, oh, you should watch this. No it was surprisingly like, low key in terms of the release and and. It didn't feel. Well, I don't I know what the numbers were on that for them because I think yes. a lot of that stuff was from their childhood. Yes. Um. So I think that's you know. But like again, they can do whatever they want at this point. 
Yeah, but I guess the times have changed on that because, I mean, take a guy like Quaron and he does Roma and it ends up being up for best picture and it's like his most personal thing. It's in black and white. It's got subtitles and yet it did enough money and garnered enough interest to get best picture. Well, they, so then they the Coen brothers came around and did Ballad of Buster's Road for Netflix. And because right. You know, so it's like, yeah. it's there. Well, this is what I'm saying. So, uh, so obviously that was in a weird time for them because they kind of just... Well, they have. They were in an in-between period, like no country kind of. I've got their list changed here. their go difference. Ahead, go yeah. Ahead, go. So you had you talked about. I'll even go. Well, back this movie is to, between No Country and A Serious Man, so two very different styles and movies. Like it's before they kind of took that turn to doing. Well, you could. You know, you your Lou and Davis to, era, your uh, where they have more serious stuff. Okay, well, let me. How, and that's why I think Hail Caesar gets let me lost ask you too. This. Yeah. And Butler, jump in here. Okay. Um, so they do Fargo in 96, Big Lebowski in 98, right. Brother Where Art Thou in 2000, The Man Who Wasn't There in 2001. Right. How about, it? let's say it starts there, because then they do Intolerable Cruelty, right. Lady Killers, No Country for Old Men, Burn After Reading, A Serious Man, True Grit, Inside Lewin Davis, Hail Caesar, and The Ballad of Us, Swerve, The Ballad of Us. Right. So I would say that maybe after Fargo and Lebowski and Oh Brother, they just started doing movies that they maybe wanted to. Right. You know what I mean? Like they could. They had the green light finally maybe. to kind of I mean, do some things that were. The Lady Killers is a remake of yeah, Excel, which is, right. I like the Lady Killers, but yeah. you don't like the Lady Killers? Really. I love Tom I Hanks say, that's that. Like No Country for Old Men, I don't like the ending, but I like a lot of the movie. It's a mm-hmm. very good movie. Lady Killers is the one movie where I'm like, that's Coen Brothers movie? Well, let me tell yeah. you, let me say this. You may not like some of the Coen Brothers movies. But you can't deny that there's, no, they're really well made movies. Right, but they're better than some what some director's best films. Oh yeah, they're I mean, they're well, yeah, yeah. right, Absolutely. right. So no, that's that's all I'm saying. I'm yeah, saying their batting average is quite. Good. Yeah, I'm comparing yeah. them to each other. There are very they're, few you know, right. filmmakers yeah. where you go, I have to watch this because this is a you know like Spielberg gets that, mm-hmm. the Coen Brothers get that, maybe James Cameron. There's very no. few filmmakers where you're like, <laughs> I have to, I have to watch this movie, and it's it's because the filmmaker right. so much about. The actor. There are very few movies like that anymore. Off the top of that. Off the top of my head, I would say that I Spielberg and the Coen Brothers are the two that I would be like. There's a new movie. I want to see that now. Absolutely. That's it. I don't have anyone else where Scorsese's close. I think, but (laughs) I don't know because you know what? I got burned with Cundin (laughs) and Bringing Out the Dead. Right. You know, like just just some stuff. I think like although your boy Adrian told me to rewatch that and tell me and told me that was good. So yeah, he's he's. No, <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. He's, um, he's he's the blah. He's a he's a. He's that's next week. Rapper, We're not so talking yeah. about that. That's next week. You're bringing this. You talk to guy that's coming up. <laughs> um, but. What was that? You'll make me lose my point. His my, opinion yeah. doesn't count. Next week we're gonna do eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's certain uh, director. You oh, said you got burned yeah, by uh, like, Scorsese. Yeah, but, yeah, I think like when Scorsese does um, a, uh, a mafia movie or a movie about mobs. Yeah, we talked about that. When something's like, in yeah. his wheelhouse, you have right, to see like it. Like The Irishman. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're doing that. Right? Yeah, yeah, we could do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I hear you. Like, call your boys, get me a new screening somewhere. <laughs> get on the no, horn, buddy. AMC, that's not our company. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so basically, what we boil down to is that we all have the Coen Brothers except Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, do you have any other? Did you have any other points? Because I kind of blew through everything. I mean, my points. I, I don't really have the same. Right. It's it's you know they have very similar styles. I mean, we mentioned the westerns. Yep. And that how, like you said that, uh, Andrew, that you said that a lot of their stuff seems to be inspired by Westerns in terms of, you know, leading the audience on. And then the main character ends up not being the focus toward the end. Right. They do the same thing here. So maybe pretty much almost every movie they do is kind of 
they've always got that western in the back of their head. Like the, they're, that, they're, western they're, and noirs, which are both have kind of that feel to them right. sometimes they definitely lean in on those two themes or those two genres more often than not and i think i think it lends them because they are their characters first like this one is exclusively characters oh, absolutely. but uh, in in general i think outside of like an adaptation uh, of somebody else's work when they largely do their thing it tends to be either one of those two genres and very character centric so yeah, and this one's no different. Although I, I feel when you're watching it, though, if you came into it with, you know, coming in cold, you can definitely kind of glean from the spy thriller thing, even though they don't get into a particular case. And and, and even the case that they sort of <laughs> use here with the shit, uh, <laughs> you know, you can definitely take that and go on the ride from there with that because it's. It's a paranoid thriller. It's got a lot of people being tailed. It's got a lot of, yeah. you know, uh, those elements to it. And obviously coming, you're starting with the the CIA. You're dealing with an analyst you character. You're, put on, yeah, right. Just, yeah. So you have all these things. And, and, and I know that even when they talked about the music from the quote that you were saying, they also wanted it to be like those 70s yeah. political thrillers. And even uh, the movie poster, they took the font from the comedians, a movie, an Elizabeth Taylor and what was her ex-husband's name? Uh, I know of the, uh, the, the big time actor that she was with a lot during that time period. You're really going to put me on the spot. I don't know. Ah, damn it. Not that All old. Right. Damn. Hey, man. <laughs> well, it's an Elizabeth Taylor movie that they, they took from the seventies that the, the font for, and the poster was derived from. And it's almost a dead on. What was the of name it. of the movie? The comedians, which has nothing to do with comedy. They're like in Africa or something <laughs> on some kind of, I think political bend. The comedians. Yes. It's from like 1967 or something. Damn, but I don't have it. Uh, Richard Burton. Richard Burton. That's the name I was looking for. There you go. But yeah, so they they took all the like elements of that kind of stuff and and even put it as deep as the movie poster. So you definitely have a lot of those things that they were working with with that. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. No, I hear you. I I mean, like, even like uh harry's wife sandy is cheating on him yes you know what i mean like nobody is i love that he takes the sex pillow with him yeah that scene's so perfect when she's you know he's cutting the carrots yeah. and then he just loses it and you just follow her eyes and him just all the footsteps going around and all he's doing is just going upstairs to get his sex pillow and then leaving I'm so tired of it's, your negativity yeah <laughs> You think that might be enough carrots? What? For the salad? You know, you really are a negative person. What? I've tried to ignore it, to remain upbeat. Harry, stop the foolishness. Stop the foolishness? Yes, and behave. You're not speaking to one of your... Shithole buddies. Oh, when he's hitting the uh, the dildo machine, and the only thing that's surviving is the dildo just, <laughs> just back and back and laughing at him. <laughs> I know. I know. Obviously, we might be wrapping soon, so I wanted to get one thing, especially because you brought him up. Sam Raimi directs 
the film that oh, they, they the him, film they inside the film. They're yeah. friends with him. So I know yeah. it's so perfect. So like, uh, you know, they, <laughs> there's so many things with that one because there's an Easter egg at the movie theater for Hail Caesar. Yep. Where Hail Caesar is one of the movies that they say is coming soon. Uh, the movie that they're doing uh, that they're going to see is coming up Daisy that uh, says it's based on a Cormac yep. McCarthy novel and the actual scenes were directed by Sam Raimi uh, and has Claire Danes and Dermot Mulroney acting. Well, they said Claire Danes. Well, they say Claire Danes. She's on the poster, poster. right. But Mulroney's the only one that uh, is actually in the scenes. (laughs) Dermot Mulroney. We'll be back next with Dermot Mulroney. (laughs) Do you come down from here? (laughs) So I guess that's it. Morgan says we're wrapping up, so we have to wrap up. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we always like to plug. So why don't we let Andrew plug? And then it's only you, fair. And then you can plug everything that you do. Do we have time for that? <laughs> Go ahead, Andrew. Let everybody know what you're all about. I have a podcast with my brother. It's called Two Player Bros. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. shit. He got you. We do what's bruise? What is it? What is your and pop culture reviews? Yeah, yeah, no. Bruise news and pop culture reviews. There it is. Uh, there it is. Yeah. TM 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 TM. Yeah. <laughs> he knows that's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing cool like that. I, all I have is a, a, a podcast. It's called The Nomcast. It's a Netflix original movie podcast. I've done a couple episodes with these fine gentlemen. Uh, Field is a three-timer. I am a three-timer. And yeah, and Mike, the ones. Sorry, man. Have to catch you up on some ones there. But <laughs> don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> we did Ballad of Buster Scruggs. We did Triple Frontier. And we both did. Rim, rim, <laughs> rim of the world. Yes, that got off a McG movie. Oh, so if yeah. you like hearing us rip on stuff, uh, be sure to uh, go check that out. Uh, and if not, obviously, we did a little bit more favorable reviews, I believe, of Buster and uh, oh, I Triple like Frontier. Yeah, no. yeah. yeah, I mean, we, they were good. Yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, why do I get the shit movie? <laughs> hey, man. Because I, I think Cause uh, it was cause I chose it. Did I choose it? Uh, I think I did suggest something different and you're like, yeah, no, we'll do the McG one. Yeah. Cause I thought it would be like fun, fun to rip on. on. Yeah. Cause yeah. I like the babysitter. We had talked about the yes, babysitter yeah. in there and I thought, I thought it would just be at least something we'd, we'd get a lot out of. I yeah. Think. We did. Oh, we yeah. did. We got a lot of things. <laughs> the lowest rated one of them. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? No, I have no idea. No. I, I didn't ask. Is it? it I, <laughs> I would say that one and Polar are the two worst movies I've seen on on Netflix it's since fun. I started. That's, that's, I'm okay with yeah. um, you know, I didn't, I like some of Polar because I was, I told you I listened to stuff, but yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't a huge fan. I like him. I like. Uh, yeah. Mads Milkison yeah, is good. Yeah. But, uh, did you ever see the Hannibal show? He when Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, very good. Awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I would watch a movie like Polar and then uh, it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's complete it's, shit. Uh, it's, it's a lot of style, no substance. Yes, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Which is, like I said, I think when we said it on the on the Rim of the World one, it's like it felt like a shitty McG movie. <laughs> and uh, then we watched a shitty McG movie. We're like, no, no, no. This is a real shitty McG well, movie. You know what doesn't have a lot of style and no substance? That's the Nomcast. That's right. There you go, Andrew. So yeah, yeah you guys check it out. It's, yeah. uh, it's good, and we'll yep. be on there at some point. I'm on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast. Hit them up. At Nomcast Pod. Uh, you can find me, because uh, I'm also a stand-up comic, uh, plus doing the Nomcast. So I am on Twitter and Instagram, at Jokes on Drew. We'll try to, you know, when we post this episode, we'll put all that stuff in the little write-up. Very cool. About that. Yeah, yeah. If I remember. I dig. No, I'll remember. I'll remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. Mike, the floor is yours. We will sit here while listening patiently. 
Wait a minute. As you do it, I'm going to be repeating constantly KFBR 392. KFBR 392. <laughs> oh, you remembered it. Of course I do. I love that movie. Well, yesterday you had I'm referencing McGruber. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> All right. My name is Mike Butler. I've got two other podcasts I do. I've got Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise, a podcast I do with my fiance about brews, news and pop culture reviews. You can listen to us wherever Sorry. podcasts can be found. We uh, crack open a new brew every week. We talk about the style of beer. Uh, we kind of go over what we feel, uh, the tasting notes of the beer. We don't really rate them. And then we talk about the brewery and the history of the beer as well. And while we're sipping on that, we talk about the latest pop culture news going on. Usually we talk about what's on, you know, Hulu, uh, Netflix or any other pop culture thing that's on TV at the moment or any news that's coming out of there. Um, Every time you say sipping numbers, I always think of sipping on gin and juice. I always think of that. <laughs> yeah, that song on my head. Uh, sipping on gin and juice, sir. I've also got two player bros. I do with my brother. Alex, we review all things video games. We're two brothers who play way too many video games. We go over... Xbox, PlayStation, VR, PC. Uh, we review, preview, and talk about the latest news in gaming. So that's also available wherever podcasts can be found. And we're also, both podcasts are also on social medias on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. As well. And then follow us too, Forgotten Cinema. ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Right. You can email us at ForgottenCinemaPod at gmail.com. Yep. And uh, at, we're everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're all over the place. So rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Recommend just movie if you want. We take recommendations. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Recommend some stuff because next week we're doing a recommendation. Ooh. So next week we're going to be doing a recommendation from a friend of mine who I consistently reference here in the podcast, Mr. Andrew H. Andrew. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Adrian Korea. Who was also on the Nomcast, everybody. That's right. He did the Roma, the Roma episode. episode yeah. right. We all are just yeah. screwing each other around. <laughs> We're That's like what it seems. In burn after yeah. reading. But appearances can be deceptive. <laughs> you look that up. <laughs> so, yes, we're going to be doing the 1985 version of The Blob starring Kevin Dillon. Have I've you, never seen that one. And I've seen the original. never seen the original. scary. Well, I mean, I saw it when I was young. So yeah. I was scared. Was that, yeah. the, was that the one where it's like bright red and bright and black? Yeah. Or is that a yeah. different one I'm looking at? Okay, yeah. Good. I always have. Do you remember? Not now. I've gone off on tangent. Do you <laughs> remember what? on HBO they used to have that short where the film reel would eat the person? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. God, that still frightens me. Like, that <laughs> is so. I so oh, scared the crap out of me. Which, that, by the way, not to also get on another tangent, but the HBO thing jogged me. I, I've always said this to you. I think since you guys started doing it, the theme song and bringing that back oh, to yeah. the the feature presentation thing uh, intro for the HBO thing. It, it, Brings me back every single time. I, miss, I love I it. I miss the old. I miss I know. the old one. Yeah. I know. If, if so we, purple. If we. <laughs> <laughs> if I actually watched like how they made that. Like, yeah. It's all like practical. It's all like. In, well, it's model work, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. go over. Uh, yeah. I mean, if we ever had like a shitload of money, pine trees, as far as yeah, so we would re, we would redo the whole. We would redo that. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> So yeah, that's next week, The Blob, 1985. So check it out. Watch it before we talk about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, Andrew, thank you. No, thank you guys. I, I love your show and I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> there goes my computer. <laughs> <laughs> so again, Andrew, thank you. <laughs> no, th Is that the Fight Club part? Are we starting the... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next week. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.
Um, I mean, let us be fucking honest. This is a crucifixion. This is political. And don't tell me it's not.